And now, broadcasting live on Star Worldwide Networks, it's time for Your Road to Personal Addiction Recovery with Dr. William Nelson. If you suffer from addiction to opiate pain relievers, heroin, alcohol, or other substances, we're here to give you hope and help you overcome your addiction. Now, here's your host, Dr. Nelson. In the last uh, probably five to ten years, there has been an amazing increase in the interest, therapeutic use, and the kind of, I'll say, information and misinformation about a product that we're going to talk about today. And it's a three-letter product, and it is called CBD. So for those of you that haven't heard of that, I don't know where you've been hiding under a rock, but CBD is in the news. It is talked about in many circles. All sorts of people are using it for therapeutic value. It's actually cannabidiol. It's a, a portion of the marijuana or the cannabis plant, It's and it's the part that doesn't cause the head high or the you know, Woodstock motion or the up in smoke or Cheech and Chong kind of high. And um, so today we're just going to get right in it. I personally have not endorsed or used any of these products until I met today's guest. And the reason for that is I found the products were extremely expensive. The results based on the actual patient's benefit and perceived benefit and all the things that it's purported to do. I didn't see consistency. And when I met today's guest, Todd Davis, um, I found here's a guy that knows what he's talking about. So he's, he is a, has a technical knowledge of this product, but he's also the CEO of the company that manufactures this, this really good product. So without further ado, I introduce to you Todd Davis. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. Good to be here. Um, Well, I will say that one of the things Mm. that I've never heard that CBD does, it helps people be more on time because I've been on products uh, from Todd's company and it's helping me with my, you know, chronic muscle strain and low back and it's helping with my sleep. But as our... Beautiful and talented co-host Robin Cote will tell you frequently I run in at a couple minutes late, and today I was 10 minutes late for this podcast, so apologize to both of these guys. But So, so far, this uh, CBD product that you have doesn't help someone would be more timely or on time. No, but if you're going to be late, you're usually anxious, and the CBD will reduce some of that anxiety while you're being late. Yeah, I think it did because I was freaking out, and I <laughs> had a patient this morning who was late running out of there. I was going to just make it, and then there's a traffic jam, and anyway, so then I just, okay, we'll calm. I didn't have my drops, but I might have used those. Um, so, um, Todd is the CEO of a company, called, I think it's, you have a bunch of different companies, but right. CBD Unlimited is the one that I'm familiar with. Right. And just just a, my brief, brief background, as I described, I had patients that were wanting to use CBD for pain, for sleep, all sorts of different things, neuromodulation, immune support. And um, I never found a product that was consistent and affordable. And so I just kind of said, I'm not going to use any of these. And uh, my wife, Stephanie, um, working with her doctor, they started to use the product. And then Steph said, you should check out this product. And I'm like, Steph, I'm not really thinking these products are all that great. And then I met Todd, and he started to describe 
the way they do their product um, delivery and the dosing and the science behind their product. And I'm like, okay, finally, I found someone that actually has knowledge and isn't just in their back, you know, in their back uh, garage making product that's inconsistent. So um, Stephanie's uh, patients at their other office, they were using it. They kept coming back. They were getting great results. So when I met with Todd and then listened to your story, I'm like, okay, this is a person that knows what they're talking about. So I'm going to try. And just in the short month or three weeks or so that I've used it, people are consistently saying they're getting results of your product. So I appreciate you, appreciate what you do. Can you uh, give me an overview? Maybe start by um, your how you got involved with your company, a little bit of your background, and then maybe get into the details of what CBD actually does for people that don't really know, and then how your, how your particular company and your processing is different and differentiates from other things that are out there. Well, we could go on a lot of different tangents with that loaded question. But I know. I'll, I'll, I'll just why, stop why, talking. Why don't we go back to the beginning? It was um, in 2013, 2012 range, medical cannabis was being talked about everywhere, and it was starting to go legal in a few states around the country. California was already there. Colorado went live. Washington followed that. And then it, it started to snowball. So we, as a public company, we're Index Corporation as our public entity, we were looking at the industry as an opportunity to say, how do you build an industry that's going from the gray to black market into a legitimate industry? And through that, we looked at tracking, we looked at compliance, we looked at all these things, and the industry was a mess. And what this really scary thing that we saw at the dispensary level is you had bud tenders that were giving people medical advice at the expense of marijuana. So they would come in, I have cancer. Well, if you take this, it's going to get rid of your cancer. And we were just very dangerous. It was really awful. And the, uh, the government started to get, was really taking a hard look at it. And they didn't want to prevent it necessarily. They wanted to at least open it up for a program. So the pilot program was announced in 2014 for the hemp industry to go after and use the hemp plant as the sourcing for the different molecules that were in the plant that could be viable for medicine, for nutrition, for therapeutics, many different things. Marijuana had was really uh, concentrated on the cannabis side of the market, on the THC side, which was the side that gets you high, that has the, the psychotropic effects, that it does have some, some therapeutic benefit, but mostly it has, it has behavioral uh, components to it. So when hemp came out, we had already done our research. I had a, my background, uh, I was an investment banker and advisor in the biotech industry, the pharma tech industry, and even the laser tech industry going back into the 90s. So what I learned about biotech was in the world of biomedicines, a little goes a long way. It's not like synthetic medications that are typically run through the FDA process for testing where you flood a body with as much medication as you can. And when that body cracks, that's where you pull it back a little bit and that's your dosing. In biotherapeutics, you have to figure out what the dosing is. So you start very, very low and you work your way up. If you don't, you get, by, you get side effects, diarrhea, headaches, stomach aches, things go bad, just like eating any bad food. So we started off, we looked at the opportunity in the hemp pilot program to set up a a trial basis, a clinical study basis, something where doctors could work with their patients to try to figure this out first. 
And what we, the, the parameters I set around the trials were, how much do you have to take to get a therapeutic benefit? And then the second piece was, where do you take it? Do you swallow it? Do you breathe it in? Do you put it on your skin? Where do you put this on your body to get a, a therapeutic value? So we started with a group of doctors in, in Missouri. They were podiatrists. They specialize in neuropathy and, and other uh, foot-related injuries that are usually the end result of really bad health or poor health. It ends up in your feet, and by the time it gets there, you're a mess. And very difficult to treat. Usually it's palliative at best and, and with usually not great results. Yeah, and they, they'll perform a surgery. They'll sever. They'll cauterize. They'll do something that causes a permanent change in physical structure, and then that leads to a whole secondary of pain medications, rehab, everything else. And so we, we started off with vape, then we moved to oil tinctures, and then we moved to capsule formulations, and then we moved to topicals. What we found in the very beginning was a very small amount per 20 patients that we were testing. We would bring the 20 patients in, we would do a pain evaluation. Where's your pain level today in your neuropathy? And most people were anywhere from 6 to 10 out of 10 on their pain scale. So if they were 6 or higher, we invited them into the program, and we gave them instructions. Do this two times a day and record it. What happens to your pain level? Are you sleeping? Did you get up in the middle of the night more than once? Do you have insomnia? And then record anything else that you might observe. And what we found was when we got to a specific dosing range, which was around the 2% range or 2 to 10 milligram range inside their delivery systems, we were getting therapeutic value across all 20 patients. And as we dialed in the dosing amount, we ended up where all of the patients, we would have one outlier per 20 patients that may or may not feel anything, and they were usually the person that was on the most opiates. They couldn't feel anything anyway, yeah. so they couldn't observe a difference. <clears throat> so in that observation, on average, men drop their pains on the pain scale about 68% pain reduction inside of two weeks. Women were about 65%. We've done that over 400 patients now, and we've done it in all the delivery systems, and now we've been doing this for seven years, so our database is consistent, it's therapeutic, and it's, and it's measurable. And on that science is where we built the products. So on that science is where we built the products. And through that dosing, understanding of dosing, understanding of delivery systems, CB, CBD actually became a viable product to actually market to doctors, to patients, to people looking for their own health and wellness treatments. And that's, that's how it all started, you know, just basic science. Yeah. Well, and it's like when you say basic science and CBD, you're you're an outlier yourself in your company because I don't think a lot of people are using basic science. They're just saying, well, let's process it and we'll sell it because people are interested. So you have a whole bunch of people interested. And so well, I'll just try it. And then they don't get therapeutic results and it's expensive. And so they're like, oh, that CBD stuff doesn't work. And so I appreciate you guys taking that approach, really basic way to do business, but not a lot of your competitors chose to do it that way. So I appreciate, and that's why I'm so excited about what you guys are doing. Well, there are, you know, we have competitors out there and some that are actually going through the FDA protocols. And when we evaluated what they were doing in their testing, it was all wrong. They were, they were, they were treating it like a chemical and they were testing on kids. So they were giving kids a hundred milligrams per 60 pounds of weight. That's going to give anybody a headache. 
Yeah. You know, if you take too much of anything, you're going to have a side effect to it. So starting off low and working your way up until you have value and stopping right there. And then, then you kind of, you get some even understandable results on what a product is going to do for you. So it, it actually falls in, depending on how you deliver it into the system, whether it's oral or through vape or through a stomach or GI tract uh, delivery system, will depend on how much you actually need. And then the height of your body, sometimes the weight of your body can have an impact on how much you can take. But what we have found is frequency at low doses is better than high doses once a day. Right. And that's where we've seen the best results. And if I remember right, you said that it's, it's about three milligrams twice a day is on average? For most people, when it comes to an oral tincture, yeah. if they're delivering in three to, three to six milligrams per dose two times a day, they're getting the optimal results. And that's, I think, and you had mentioned, you found that the, the statistic or the measurable or the objective measure of how to dose is their bone length. Well, we, or, there, there's, you know, the science isn't exact yet there, but the observation is uh, in, bone, in bone treatment, bro- broken bones and fractures, there's bone growth. So that led to some science to f- investigate why is it working so good on bone growth and bone recovery. And that f- they found out that part of the in- endocannabinoids, which is your body producing the similar molecule, is manufactured in the bone, in the bone marrow. So the longer the bone is the more that, bo- that biological component can either mag- manufacture or utilize the extra CBD. But it's a point like any other vitamin or any other nutrient. If you take too much of it, your body eliminates it. So it, the body grabs exactly what it needs and dispels of the rest. So if you're taking 100 milligrams, you're, you're wasting a lot of good CBD. Right. And um, t- tell me about when you, when you uh, met with us the first time, you mentioned that it's different than other types of, you know, whether it be a pharmaceutical um, drug or a supplement or nutrient in that it doesn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily metabolized by the body. It's more of a signaling molecule that will just signal a receptor site. And then that causes downstream metabolic changes in the body, but it's initiated by the signal of the molecule rather than the molecule being consumed in a metabolic process. Yeah. The, that, t- to me, that's the most fascinating part I know, about the molecule. I, that's the first time I heard that. So it's cool. So you have to understand one is how, why does the body receive it? And Dr. McCollum from Israel, he's the first one to accidentally find it. They, in, they, accidentally discovered the endocannabinoid system. This is the ECS system that you hear about. And they were studying THC. And what they found was every mammal has this system in their body. So when you have a a system in the body, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to fill it full of something. It exists and then it utilizes things that's in its environment. Or if it doesn't have it in the environment, then there's some type of breakdown. When CBD was introduced into the body, the endocannabinoid system lit up. And it wasn't lighting up because it was flooding into the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system was recognizing this molecule and then identifying with it. That was, that's a very loose explanation of it. But it's not the, mo- the CBD molecule itself does not bind to the receptor. It doesn't get, up, it doesn't get taken into the cellular structure. It communicates. So when we say a signal, it basically has to be in the area of the receptor for it to communicate with the system. Uh, 
So it's more of a stoplight or a green light or a yellow light. Okay. The body can use it as a modulating molecule, a signaling molecule, and once it restores a signal, so we'll call inflammation a signal. You smash your thumb with a hammer, it sends a signal to your brain like, you're an idiot, that hurts a lot, stop hitting your thumb with your hammer. That's a signal. That's your nervous system signaling to protect itself. Then it swells up. Now your immune function is going towards the point of inflammation and trying to respond to repair the damage. The CBD is similar to that. It's communicating with the immune function, with the, cell, the uh, nervous system. And it's telling the body to slow down a little bit, and it starts to modulate the signaling process. So the patients you deal with are usually in a chronic state of disease, a chronic state of inflammation, a chronic state of pain. That's because their system has been inflamed and overactive for too long. And what the CBD seems to be doing is modulating that overreaction and bringing it back to homeostasis or equilibrium. Then the immune system can function better. Then the nervous system can function properly. That's the difference. So this molecule isn't, that's why you don't need as much. You just need enough in there where the, the body utilizes it as a new signaling pathway to properly communicate amongst the different systems. That's and, the beauty. Well, and that's the beauty of it because it's not just for pain and it's not just for inflammation. And you, as you mentioned, bone growth stimulation, but it's also as a modulator, it, to me, it's a, a signaling molecule, but an adaptogenic signaling molecule. So when we talk about adaptogenic, a lot of times you talk about it when it has to do with adrenal function in, uh, in Chinese medicine or in Ayurvedic medicine. Um, ashwagandha is a well-known adaptogenic or ginseng uh, is a well-known adaptogenic uh, Siberian ginseng and what that means and another one would be in South America would be maca and what that means is it can upregulate a hypofunctioning system so if your immune system is not producing enough it will increase the metabolic activity of that area or in the adrenal glands if someone is hypoadrenal they're fatigued and just their adrenals aren't working well uh, adaptogen will upregulate a hypofunctioning adrenal but if you have overfunctioning or hyperadrenal so the person is wired and stressed and you know, hearts racing in there in a sympathetic mode, it also will downregulate that. So is that also what you're saying with the, the uh, CBD, the cannabidoids? Yeah, a, a good comparative is um, THC, is the yin and yang of the plant, CBD and THC of cannabis. So THC would be the yang? Yes. The, yes. No, it's the yin probably. Because the yin is more calming, sedating, oh, so brings you down, yeah. So in, the, in that scenario... THC initially stimulates, so okay. you get a rise. And then after that stimulation has run off, it goes to a depressive state. So it's more of a wave. Okay. The CBD, and it binds with the receptor. It gets taken into the cellular okay. function. So that's where, you know, long-term we'll understand it a little better. That's why it has more benefit in a cancer patient. Right. Because it is communicating with the cellular structure, or it's being uptaken into the, the cellular structure. CBD is not... And what it doesn't, if, you, if there's too much CBD in the presence of THC, THC doesn't have the high and it doesn't have the depression. So it, it modulates THC in its function as well. Okay. So when people are shopping for cannabis-related products, 
they a lot of times they don't want anything to do with the t- the CBD because it's ruining their high. Right. And that, you know, you naturally either figure that out or the the people who grow plants, the botanists that have hybridized uh, marijuana to grow such high levels of THC, they know that the CBD is the dominant molecule. It turns out the dominant molecule should be the CBD because it's the one that performs the most therapeutic value within the plant. And there's lots of cannabinoids. You know, there's, there's undiscovered cannabinoids, but there's an excess of 150 cannabinoids inside a cannabis plant at various different degrees, depending on its environmental exposure. The CBD remains the dominant. It's kind of like green tea. You have L-theanine and you have caffeine. They operate in tandem, but against each other as okay. the antagonist and protagonist in that, in that case. So all plants, for the most part, have that balancing act in them. So when you talked about the adaptogen herbs, we actually marry in our formulations the CBD with proper dosing of other adaptogenic herbs. Right. And that produces tremendous results. We see more complete results. Right. We have isolated CBD. We wanted to know, is the entourage effect super important? Because that's what the marijuana industry was talking about. Turns out it's not. You know, we isolated the CBD and just tested CBD alone to find out, is there therapeutic value? And there is. And, you know, scientifically, if we didn't do that test, we wouldn't know. Right. You just wouldn't know if you, unless you tested for it. So when we started introducing other formulations into the mix of CBD with these other adaptogenic herbs, we started getting tremendous results. And that's where sleep products and uh, right. overall in, anti-inflammatory products, products that would help with the GI tract inflammation, that's where we started finding new discoveries and more and more discoveries are taking place every single year that we do this. Right. When I was in medical school, there, were, there are certain herbs that we would include in a formulation and we call them a director. So it's like you could have, you could have something you would want to be anti-inflammatory or increase function, but then if you add a carrier herb, it would direct the, the function of that to a specific organ. And so is, that sounds like that's what you're doing. You have the CBD uh, molecule, and then if you add to it something that has an affinity for a particular body part or organ system, then the synergy of that, the CBD does its thing, but it helps focus its effects in that particular area. Is that how you're using that? Is that kind of? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. we're, we're really using the, the CBD as a baseline. Okay. The baseline tool to help with function and, and, and normalizing be, uh, disease conditions or chronic conditions. Okay. So as we build around CBD and keep our dosing the same on CBD, then we're able to experiment with the other herbs and find out overall what is it, what is it benefiting. Got it. And it does take some experimentation by the yeah. user. Yeah. And so I would say I would give you an update. Is, um, so we met with uh, Todd, and he would spent some time with us, and I was fascinated. So I'm going to try this because I had just some, I wake up in the morning, and I just got a low back. I had a compression fracture on my uh, thoracic spine 20 years ago, and I just wake up in the morning, and just that part of my back is always, for the first couple of minutes, just uncomfortable. And so probably within three days, especially I found if I – so Todd talked about dosing, and so we combine uh, an oral drops that's uh, absorbed in the mucosa. So I take about six drops of his oil-based CBD product – put that in my mouth, it swish it around, it's, it's absorbed under the tongue, on the tongue, on the oral mucosa, 
And then it, during the day, I combine that with an anti-inflammatory CBD product that comes in a capsule. And so um, you combine the two, and then at night, I've been had chronic problems with sleep. And so I would take the drops and then a sleep product. And about a week or 10 days after we met and I started using that, I saw Todd, we were at a golf tournament together and he goes, hey, how's your sleep going? I'm like, Todd, it's just not working. He goes, hang in there. It might take some time. And so since that time when you and I had that conversation, now I'm, I'm flabbergasted because nothing that I've ever tried as a naturopathic doctor, trying everything, melatonin, you know, 5-HTP, all these sleep products. I haven't really tried the you know, conventional medicals, hypnotics, or those sleep aids. I just don't want to do Lunestra and any of those things. Um, the only thing that's ever worked for me is melatonin in a higher dose. But when I w tried to wake up in the morning, I felt like I was just so lethargic. I couldn't get moving. So I said, I'd rather just have on and off interrupted sleep because during the day, my energy's fine. It's just my sleep. I think it's better to have not, or, you know, consistent sleep. So just in the last three or four days, uh, this morning, I slept right through, never woke up. And that's, I can't, it's probably been 15 years since I've done that. So that, it took about two, three weeks. I thought that was maybe why you were late. The product was really <laughs> working well. <laughs> Touche. Well, I, you know, some of this is accidental discoveries, which are usually the best science discoveries. And when we were doing the patient trials, a lot of the patients were older or diabetic or overweight. You know, they had other conditions going on besides the, the, the neuropathy. And a lot of them, the majority of them had insomnia. So they would get up to pee three, four, five times a night. And usually after at least one of those, they would end up insomnia cycles where they're awake for 30 minutes to an hour and they just can't go back to sleep. And what we noticed during the, the, uh, the trials is that they would get to go to the bathroom, they'd go back to sleep immediately. So when, then we started recruiting people to wear watches, you know, that, that measure the their Fitbit, their, the Fitbit that yeah. re, uh, records their REM sleep and their deep sleep cycles. And everybody who was taking the sleep-related products in conjunction with a couple drops uh, before they went to bed, their REM sleep was improving anywhere from 100 to 1,000%. Not a yeah. little bit. Isn't that Statistically something? significant it's phenomenal. amounts. Phenomenal. So, and the same thing with the deep sleep cycles. Yeah. So... Phenomenal, because sleep is so important for your immune function and your how you feel, and it's just if, so many aspects of your health is um, regarding sleep, and there isn't a consistent um, product, natural product that I've seen. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about a lot of things, but that in particular for me personally and patients. So awesome. Well, when you sleep properly, your body releases the correct chemicals that yeah. restore your body anyway, brain function, immune function, everything. Yeah. So that, you know, that is a mission critical piece for us. Yeah. The, the one thing that, you know, when you're talking about taking multiple products, you don't, it, taking, it doesn't, the amount you increase does not necessarily matter. Go back to the endocannabinoid system. We call this whole system dual therapy. And what we learned is if you use an oral delivery or a vape delivery system, those are the two most efficient ways to get it into the CB1 receptors. The CB1 receptors are concentrated in the brain. When you take it orally or through the lungs, the molecule is crossing the blood-brain barrier within flash of a second. Second to three seconds, it's crossing that, and it's getting to the CB1 receptors. Secondarily is the CB2 receptors. That's why you take an internal product, and you get it into the bloodstream through the, the small intestine or through the GI tract. 
Now you're getting into the CB2 receptor platform that entails the arterial pathways and all your, your organs. So when you are hitting both sides of the endocannabinoid system, you're getting tr- far better results as an overall, um, uh, overall solution using the product. Yeah, and I will tell you that depending on the patient, when I describe your product and I say, I want you to start this, they'll say, okay, well, I'll, t- I'll take one. And then I, they want one. I'm like, no, if you're going to do this, you got to do two. And for me to t- describe that to people, why they got to use two, now I'm going to be able to tell them more of successfully what you've just described to me. Because people say, well, I'll just try one. I'm like, no, I'm not going to sell you one. If you're going to use it, you got to use two. I won't sell them one product because it's going to be less than effective. Dual therapy. Yeah, the dual therapy. So now I've, this is the third time that we've had this discussion, and now I, I will be able to say why you need to use the dual therapy. And I haven't seen or heard or in other, other uh, companies that are using these products, I haven't seen anybody else do that the way that you guys have. Yeah, and that's you know because they didn't do the trials. You guys are nerds. I I, yeah. I want to meet these nerds that did this because, uh, right? You it, it's you and know, I say what, that I say that in the most affectionate yeah. way because nerds make the world go round. Nerds are the ones that they're so into it and they figure this stuff out. We didn't want to be wrong more than right. anything, so that's kind of fear based as, right. as far as being forced to be the nerd. Yeah, but you help. You also have to have doctors that are still doctors. Yeah. You have to have the scientist mind working. Well, we're the nerds too. I'm a nerd yeah. about this because the more I talk to you, the more I'm fascinated, the more I get more questions about how could I do this and what could I do because I don't know if that's the definition of a nerd, but a nerd is just someone who gets, in my opinion, a nerd is an affectionate term for someone who gets really excited about cool stuff that they haven't heard about and their mind is open enough to know as a doctor, you have two types. You have one that think they know everything and they want to be the the absolute you know authority on everything and even if they don't know something they're going to pretend like they're an expert and then you have the other type which i would call the nerd doctor that knows that they have so much to learn they can learn it from a patient they can learn it from another person with a product and that's the type of nerds that i think make the biggest improvements in treatment because they're open minded to stuff and then they just watch and see what happens with their patients. And so with your product, you know, I can tell you, I think you met, no, you did not meet this guy, but as a person in, uh, in our practice who after a COVID vaccination suddenly had incredible pain in his neck and then he had neuropathy going down the arm and it was in the distribution panel of the C5, C6 nerve. And it was excruciating, as you described. It was an 8 out of 10, nonstop. He couldn't sleep. Nothing was touching it. His doctor gave him a steroid dose pack, Medrol dose pack. He gave him some gabapentin. Usually those are things that are the things that help. Still, 8 out of 10 pain. And he went, and he knew it was from the vaccine, which is a whole other story we don't need to get into. But I think what happened is the vaccine caused a general inflammation, and suddenly caused a swelling in the articulation in the C5, C6 area. So you have a stenosis of that nerve, that spinal nerve, C5, C6, the distribution down his right arm, right to his pinky or his index finger and his thumb, which is C5, C6. And what had happened, I think, is it a little bit of swelling in the spinal cord. So then he had an MRI, and sure enough, he had a disc bulge on C5, C6. 
And so now he's got this neuropathy and he goes, what in the heck's going on? And so I did a treatment on the neck where I do prolotherapy into the ligaments and tendons to help stabilize the, the joint and the vertebra in the neck. So now his neck pain went away, but his, but his nerve pain did not go away. So you had told me we got this spray and you spray it on there and usually in a short time it will decrease the pain. And so I said, okay, Todd, you weren't there, but had you been there, I go, let's see if this works. So I told the guy, what's your pain level? Eight, eight out of 10. I go, okay, let's spray this on. I just sprayed it on. I went into the other room, did something, and it came back about five, 10 minutes later. How's the pain now? He goes, there's, there's, where, there's no pain. And it just, so it just happened, and something like, he, did, he didn't even hardly aware because he was so used to it. And then he goes, wait a minute. He goes, that stuff took that pain from an eight to zero? I'm like, yeah. So he was blown away. I was blown away because I've never seen anything else do that. Now, it didn't last permanently, but it lasted about two to three hours. Yeah. Is that what you see on, on common with that? There's two things about that story. Men are idiots, for one. <laughs> they have no idea how to describe pain. And when the pain's gone, they don't even recognize that it's gone. He was like, wait. <laughs> He was so floored. He goes, it, it is, it's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's goes back to signaling. You know, your nervous system is carrying a signal. So he has this bulge that's not affecting them. Suddenly there's, a, there's an inflammatory signal in it, and it causes the burning, the tingling, all the nerve. Then it starts causing muscle spasms. So your body starts fighting mm -hmm. that signal. So he's restoring, a, 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 instead of a positive loop of pain, He's restoring the, the feedback back Normalize. So once again, He's, normalizing nerve function. You need the nerve to provide information and have an afferent and afferent, sending a message and receiving a message. But with him, what I found is the nerve was the cause of the pain because there was an impingement. There was a, there was a constriction. He had a, he had a peripheral uh, neuropathy caused on an impingement and so then i was able to figure out where and it was a musculocutaneous nerve in a, in a distribution pan uh, pattern and so then i do what's called hydrodissection so i injected um, a, a dilute uh, dextro solution that just goes into that area the compartment is kind of the most similar to people are most familiar with is a uh, um, now my name escaped me, or the name escaped me, the uh, carpal tunnel. So carpal tunnel is a compartmentalized nerve problem, right, right where, where it passes through that carpal tunnel. So you have other areas in your body. So we've, I figured out where those, where those restrictions were in the peripheral nerve, do a hydrosection where I inject in there to separate the tissue and to allow that nerve to, to flow and move as he moved his arm. And so that allowed that plus the decrease in swelling so that one treatment where I just expanded the area that was constricted and it, sh and it temporarily shut the nerve down, then the nerve normalized with the CBD, and I did one treatment and his peripheral neuropathy went away. Yeah. So he's thinks, he thinks I'm a genius. I think it's more that the CBD first sh showed me what, what was going on, but then that also helped the therapeutics of, that we did. So the combination was phenomenal. Yeah, I think as a tool, it's a supportive tool for most medical function. And I, I think doctors are going to learn over time that if they incorporate into their practice, the actual practice of either a procedural piece or a chemical 
piece will perform better and heal better because the CBD is supporting that yeah. action. Yeah. And you know, we're not, we're not telling everybody to stop whatever you're doing, do CBD. What we did notice in those trials, here's another thing that was, I call it the ripple effect. So you have a podiatrist that's fixing toenails and neuropathy and doing foot surgery, things that all the other doctors could care less about. When they started using CBD, it had a ripple effect across the patient's entire treatment plan. So if they had a gastroenterologist or you know, a GI tract issue, thyroid issues, if they had cardiologists, you know, cardio issues, they had... A, Every doctor that was affected along there were going, what is going on? <laughs> what are these numbers? You know, and they can't figure it out, and the <laughs> patient's not telling them. Awesome. So if you're using CBD, make sure you're telling each and every one of your, your doctors because it is going to affect your numbers, not to the point where it's going to swing wildly, but it's because you're modulating your system, you're reaching for less things. Yeah. You're not reaching for the painkiller. You're not reaching for the anti-inflammatory. You're not... You're not you're not, you don't have this missing component that you need. It's filling gaps and helping restore. So you have to be careful, and you have to educate the doctor, too, so they know what they're dealing with, and they know how to adjust to it. Well, I think what's going to happen is because now, at least for me, now I have a CBD product that actually works, and, because, and I think it's because of a number of things. Is because you guys are... You got those awesome nerds that figured out this signaling molecule, and then also through trial and error and and basic bench work science, figured out we have to have two delivery systems to affect the CB1 and CB2, and no one else has done that, and then get the proper dosing with the um, standardized dose that's that's confirmed. Now, what's going to happen for me? is I'm going to say, oh, man, I use that, and look how it's affecting their depression. Look how it's affecting. I'm amazed or will be fascinated about how it might affect blood sugar and insulin resistance and all sorts of chronic problems that are difficult to treat. So the fact that you're using it for one symptom or one condition and then the other specialty doctors are seeing the benefits, I bet most of them are going to say, Plus CBD, how could that be affecting this other thing? Because we haven't, there's not enough data, there's not enough experience, and we're kind of in the the fledgling states or the infancy of this product. There's, there's very little science on this, you yeah. know, it, at least that's been employed in in public use. Okay, you know, there's there's botany science, there's basic science on the endocannabinoid system, but, but this not is all clinical, not, not clinical, clinical at all. Yeah. You know, in the clinical stuff that they're doing, you know, when you hear the, the story about Charlotte's Web, yeah, you know, this little girl was having, I think, 200 seizures a day. Mm-hmm. What is it? That's a signal. Yeah. Something's gone wrong internally. An aberrant signal that's causing chaos, a lightning storm in the brain. And almost immediately upon initial introduction to CBD intersystem, her body calmed down. Yeah. And she's back to it. That's, that's why we're all here, is yeah. that story of that little girl told by a doctor who was a cynic. Yeah, that was Doctor Gupta. He was anti. He was anti THC, anti marijuana, and he went out and said, "I'm going to do the work." And Mm. he went and he observed. Good for him. He was a cynic, but willing to be open minded. Maybe I'm wrong. The doctor kicked back in. Yeah, the science, the science nerd kicked back in and said, "Why? Yeah, you want to freak out doctors? Watch their face when they see something change and they can't explain it. Right. That's the beauty of the science. They have to figure something else out." So based on my tardiness, I'm frustrated because I still have other things I want to talk to you about. So maybe we could 
do this again at some point, and I promise I'll be on time. But we got about three minutes left. And so tell us your company, where you are, and what you can foresee for not only your company, but for the industry in general. And so I have a nerd brother who I love dearly. We are both nerds about this. So he's probably listening because he's like, I'm interested in this company because I think it's based on what you're saying. It's, it's in a unique growth um, industry and these guys got stuff that works. And so he's like, can I invest in this? So he, I'm hoping that you might be able to talk with him. You and I had that conversation, but can you just tell me industry wise where you see this going and how are you guys going to participate? Well, first, we're Endex Corporation is the corporation that you invest in. That's And the stock symbol is EDXC on the over-the-counter markets. We'll be graduating to NASDAQ later this year, but that's where we're at today. So you can go to Charles Schwab or, or E-Trade, and you can buy our stock in the open market. The second thing is, is the industry. Our division is called CBD Unlimited. So if you go to cbdunlimited.com, you can see an array of our products. And then you can start to see our social media and you see testimony and you see things that have actually happened in the real world and you can connect that way. The industry is what's going to be interesting this year. Uh, we finished the pilot programs. We're now in the legal phase of the, of the hemp industry, but there's still no guidance at the federal level. They dumped it onto the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So they said, you guys take care of it. Go track the plants, the seeds, the growers, so that's where their compliance is at right now, which is good because the plant is a remediator and it can pull anything from the environment. So you have to test at ground level, literally. Where the industry is lacking right now is guidance for compliance. Nobody knows what to comply to. Yeah. So we're not considered a supplement yet. We're not considered a food yet. We're not considered a drug yet. They need to come up with this. It's a natural molecule. So it needs to fall into supplement or food. Okay. And if once we get language to comply to, I think the industry will start to flourish and it'll be able to communicate with the consumer and educate better without having to pull words out because somebody doesn't like a word. Right. You're making a medical claim. And that's the thing. Medical, you can't make medical claim until you have a 50 million double blind study, which is probably not going to happen because who's going to pay for it? Right. Unless you get the NIH to fund it, then it may happen. But if it's individual companies having to put out the double blind, double crossover, fifty million, and then somebody else is going to say, "Oh, here's the research," and then they hop on your research and they produce the product. Right. When you There's pay a lot for of, it, yeah, yeah, they they mirror your product. You can't patent a naturally occurring molecule. Yeah. You can patent a process. You can patent maybe a formulation, make it proprietary. But a natural molecule is a natural molecule. So it's, it's hard to re- over-regulate it, but they have to have something co- to comply to. Yeah. And my, my feeling has always been, if they looked at it from a weights and measures standpoint, it would be easy to comply to. Okay. You know, know what's in your simple, product. Simple, simple, without contaminants and having weights and measure. So sorry that we have to cut this short, but it's uh, Robin's giving me the sign. I can't even see her, but I know she is. So this is Dr. William Nelson. Thank you all for joining us. And thank you so much, Todd, for joining us today. It's CBD Unlimited. So the website is cbdunlimited.com. And we are, we are um, carrying this product in our office at explorehealthaz.com. You can also reach us at 602-692-4626. And one thing that this is your road to personal addiction recovery, we didn't even touch on how it affects addiction. So if 
I promised to be on time next time. Would you come back and talk about how it can help with addiction? Absolutely. You know, the seven years of knowledge is all kind of packed into this nerdy little brain, but it's it's good to talk and and, and go different directions in it because there's so many different people who are affected in various different ways. If we can explore those those different pathways, yeah. I think it'll benefit yeah. the listeners. I look forward to it and look forward to continue our relationship and learning more from you and and then you can learn from us and how we're using our product. So thanks so much. Thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks for listening to Your Road to Personal Addiction Recovery with Dr. William Nelson. Listen live each week at this time or anytime 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com.